0: Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of his love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Well, good morning, church. Happy Easter, a great day to come to church, right? We are here to celebrate the resurrection of our beloved Jesus. He's so amazing, He's so good. We had a great um, good Friday. We were able to celebrate the, the fact that he laid his life down to reconcile us to Father. So, such an amazing story. And as we were worshiping in the first service, I, I, I just I could replay the gospel story when the ladies arrived to the tomb and um, they found that it was empty, right? And they kind of freaked out and they ran back to see the disciples and the disciples had a problem to believe that the, the tomb was empty and then there was a raise between Peter and John and the arrival of the tomb and it was empty. And that's what we're celebrating today. We're celebrating an empty tomb. Amen? Can someone say amen? Amen. Ah, so amazing. So we'll go to his word. I would ask you to stand. We'll ask God just to um, speak to us. Father, I thank you for this day, for everyone that is here, for all those that are watching online. I pray that you would bless every home, uh, that you would bless each person here, that you would have your way in our lives. Father, we pray that your resurrection would shape us, um, would bring us to a place where we would uh, um, bring our lives before you, where you would be glorified in a new way, in a fresh way. I thank you, Father, that there's no condemnation in your word, but your word invites us to experience you, to surrender to you, to tap in the promises that you have for us. So we wanna be open to the voice of the Spirit right now. I just pray that our hearts would be open to what you wanna say. And Father, I just pray that you would go beyond my words, that you would speak through your Holy Spirit to every heart according to what they need and according to what you want to say. So we surrender this time, Lord. We pray that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let me grab a seat. So if you have your Bible, take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's a snapshot of the resurrection. What Paul is doing, he's uh, talking to the Corinthian church because there's some Sadducees people or Sadducees leader that... um, came into the church, and they were promoting that uh, the resurrection is not true, that there's no resurrection of the dead. And so he, he writes in chapter 15, verse 1 to 7 and 13 to 20, and he exposes the fact that it's pivotal for us as a church or as believers to take a hold of the truth that Jesus is risen. So take a look at verse 1, chapter 15. It says... Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sister of the good news I preached to you before. So it's a good news. Can you tell your neighbor it's a good news? You welcomed it then and you still stand firm in it. Uh, it is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. Verse 3. I pass on to you what was most important and what had be, had be also been passed on to me, sorry. Christ died for a sin, just as the scriptures said. He was buried, and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. He was seen by Peter, and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then... He was seen by James and later by all the apostles. In verse 13, in between, Paul talks about his testimony of how God or Jesus revealed himself to him. Verse 13, Paul says, If there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. Verse 16, and if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you're still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if, you're, if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. And the punchline is verse 20. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died, meaning that he opens the way for our resurrection. So when we look at the text I just read to you, we see that Paul focuses on resurrection. Actually, what we're celebrating this weekend, it's the foundation of our faith. That the fact that Jesus died on Calvary, that took our sin, that he was this eternal sponge that sponged our sins away, that made us acceptable uh, before the Father. And the resurrection is where he, uh, he wins over death and at the same time opens the way for us to experience salvation. And that's the good news. When Paul says in chapter 15 of the text I just read, he talks about good news, and the good news is that God offered his life for us to be reconciled with himself, and also he rose from the dead and made it accessible, available for all of us. So Easter changes everything, it really does. It should change everything. As we believe, as believers, it changes everything. And if Easter or the resurrection is true, that means that he is who he claims to be, right? So that means that if he's risen from the dead, what he said, what we find in his word is true. And also when it comes to who he is, it means that he's true, that he is a son of God, that he was sent by God, that he is the lamb, um, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, right? We would agree that if we believe in the resurrection, that's what we, that's what we see, right? And, And and Paul, what he does also, he tries to give a, a, a um, rational um, uh, answer or try to, 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 to say to other people, it's not just that Jesus rose in a vacuum, Is that there's 500 people that saw him and more. And between the resurrection and the, uh, resurrection and the ascension, we see Jesus appeared appeared to many, and, and at one time 500, 500 people. And again, when it comes to the history, uh, fact, this is pretty impressive. If you, look at, uh, if you look at history and you have all these eyewitnesses, it's, it speaks a lot. And, and also Paul talks about if, if the resurrection is not true, that means that all us disciples are liars. And, and, and he tries, And he says, well, we're not to the point where they died for it. Who would die for a lie, right? So we see the apostles that died for what they believed. And and you look at Peter, tradition will say that he was crucified head down. You look at Thomas in the year 52, history will say that he went to India to preach the good news, who would do that? Who would lay everything down uh, for a lie, right? So that's what Paul is saying. It's more than just me saying it. You got these witnesses that are still alive, and they could give a witness about what they saw. So, so when you look at this, it's pretty impressive because we see the disciples go all over the world to preach good news. So for them, on the rational point, uh, what uh, Paul is trying to convey is, rationally, look, it's a fact. And that's why he says in verse 20 that he is risen. So when we look at the resurrection, there's a lot of benefits. There's a lot of things that flows from that. If we believe in the resurrection, I really believe that it could ch- it should change the way I do life. Would you agree? Because it changed history, and it, it should also change my life. And the beauty of the resurrection is that it 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 brings a table for us, for all of us. And God is not a respecter of people. God doesn't love more a raise than another. He draws a table. He places a table. And all of us, we can all come and eat and receive or take part of this good news. And that's why it's such a good news. Can you tell your neighbor, it's a good news. It's for me and you and for all, right? So, so what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is that because of his resurrection, it guarantees our resurrection. It's pretty cool that it doesn't stop here. And we know how life spins, right? It goes so fast. It's crazy. The older you get, the faster it seems to go. Would you agree? It's unreal. And so we, we know as believers that the resurrection promises our resurrection, that is, it's not going to stop here. That there's life after life. And so when we do life and we leave from this place, we understand and we believe that that resurrection, the resurrection of the Christ, promises resurrection for me and you. And there's hope in this, right? That it doesn't stop here. And you find that in second 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 14. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. So that's the beauty of, of, the, of the blessing or the benefit of his resurrection. There's going to be a resurrection for us too. And also in the text I read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 17. Uh, Paul says that we're no longer in our sins because of the resurrection. Verse 17, if Christ has not been risen, raised, then your faith is useless and you're still guilty of your sins. But because he's risen, there's grace, right? This is where it becomes personal that I can experience forgiveness. Think about that. I can be forgiven. And I can be washed by the blood of the Lamb where... I'm called holy, and I'm acceptable in the eyes of the Father. I'm, His holiness is satisfied because of Jesus. It's pretty amazing, right? Just that, once I want to dance, right? It's so amazing that I'm forgiven. And when you confess your sin, you're forgiven. And God doesn't bring judgment on you. You know, one day when we're going to, as believers, when we're going to face Him, there's not, any, there's not going to be any guilt I remember when I was uh, younger, I was saying, okay, God, when I'm going to present myself to you one day, my life will be like a, a movie, and everybody will see all my, my junk, so I'm a little afraid of that judgment. I'll talk more about that in two weeks or in three weeks. I'll be talking on the end times the next few weeks, but I was a little afraid of that because God's going to expose all my stuff. No, I'm forgiven. There's no guilt. There's no guilt in heaven. Pretty amazing, right? So, so the resurrection talks about forgiveness. It really brings forgiveness to humanity. So that's for me and you. And also, the resurrection also brings new life and, and, and new inheritance. And we find that in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. Can you tell your neighbor born again? New life, newness of life. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. Wow. We live with great expectation. This is why there's so much joy in the Lord. We live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for, for you, for me. So when we look at this journey, there is some excitement inside of our hearts because we know it doesn't stop here. But more than that, there's an inheritance that we are co heir with Christ, and one day we'll see him face to face. It's going to be amazing. Right? That's our faith. That's what we believe when it comes to the resurrection. Also, when we look at the resurrection, it also talks about a new kingdom. A new kingdom has dawned. It's where God dwells in us. Romans chapter eight verse eleven is fantastic. Amen. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal body by the same Spirit living within you. The same Spirit that lives in, that lived in Christ lives in me. It, it talks about preparing myself in view of eternity, that God makes me acceptable. But also, I also think and believe it's to seek, it's, it also talks about God flowing through me and you. Like in John 14, verse 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I'm going to be with my Father. So this is where God empowers us and makes us to be able to walk in victory and, and makes us able to shine and, ha- and, and, and to make a difference in the life of others. So that's what we see in the resurrection. And the last thing about the resurrection, it guarantees his return. It guarantees his return. In Acts chapter 1, verse 11, when we look at this world, we look at where it's going, we look at the challenges that we face. We know the end of the book, right? We know he's coming back. And he's going to come on a white horse, and I shared that a few weeks ago. Every knee will bow. Everything will confess. Everyone will acknowledge. Like it or not, they, we will. And, and, and so he's coming back, and that's our hope. Even though it's a mess, even though it might be, become even darker and darker, we're, waiting, we're living with hope, right? We know he's going to come back. So that's why we have to keep our eyes on him. And, but you see the disciples were there and they saw the ascension. Jesus was going up and they were still staring in the, in the heavens. And the angel says the same way that he left, he's going to come back. So that's our hope as a people that he's going to come back. Amen? So, so what I'm trying to say, I'm preparing, I'm building all this for this. It has to influence my life, what I just shared to you. I could have had 15 points on the benefits of the resurrection. So when I believe in the resurrection, it should have an impact in my life the reality with Christianity, and this is where it makes it difficult, the reality, the reality with Christianity, it's true or it's false. It can't be in the middle. Christianity is not a moral book or moral code that you can follow or or disagree with or uh, argue with and say, I like this, but I don't like that. No. Christianity is based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's risen or he's not. He can't be half risen. So the thing is, if you believe in the resurrection, and I think one of the major reasons why we believe in the resurrection is because God has has encountered us. And I look at my own journey, how God became real in my life when I gave my life to him. And the proof of his faithfulness and his, his stirring up my heart and, and walking with me, that's the main reason why I follow him and for sure based on his word. But this is where his, I believe his word because it became alive in my heart. So that's what we want to see. But when it comes to the resurrection, it should make me. It should fashion me. I should live differently from the world because of the resurrection. Would you agree with me? I believe that's foundational, that if I believe in the resurrection, I can't just live according to my own ways. Because if he's risen, and all this is true, it should have an impact on my life. And that's what you find in Luke chapter 14, verse 25. Jesus talks to the people following him. They don't even know all the details like we do. They don't know what's going to happen. We have the book. We can look at history. We can see God's fingerprints in history. And this is what he, this is what he, he says to the people following him. Chapter Fourteen, verse twenty-five. Great crowds were following him. He turned around and addressed them as follows: Anyone wants to be my follower must love me four more than he does his own father, mother, wife, children, brother, or sister. Yes, more than his own life. Otherwise, he cannot be my disciple. Verse 27, and no one can be my disciple who does not carry his own cross and follow me. Meaning that you say no to your own life and you put Christ before. You carry your own cross. When you carry your own cross, it's to die to self. Okay. Then he says, verse 28, but don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first getting the estimates and then checking uh, to see if he, can, he has enough money to afford to pay the bills. So this is a strong word. Like, they haven't seen the resurrection. They haven't seen, they haven't experienced Jesus on a personal level. And he has this crowd following him. And he turns around to the crowd. And he says, literally, other, like literally, in other words, I'll say, why are you following me? You want to follow me? Be my disciple and you got to love me more than your father, your mother, your wife, than your own life. What what a challenge, right? What a message. And, and and this is the heart I want to share to you. Where will I find myself? Will I find myself as a disciple or will I find myself in the crowd? Am I part of the crowd? I'm aware of God. I'm conscious of God. It's good to follow Jesus. It's good to see the blessings. It's good to see, uh, like there's something about Jesus that draws us, right? If you were to live in a time of Jesus, just to see him perform the miracles and just the wisdom he had and and the the sense of presence, right? The anointing of, of, of the spirit on him, like it says in Isaiah 61, was on him. God's blessing was on him. Then he turns around and he says, if you want to follow me, be my disciple. Wow. Be my disciple. And that's the challenge that we have today. If we look at the resurrection of Jesus, how can I just be happy be, to be part of the crowd? It doesn't make any sense. Because if you take a hold of the fact that he's risen and he's coming back and he rules in majesty and he has given us the Holy Spirit. I think I need to stop like what Jesus was asking the people and and think about how am I living my life? Am I living my life based on the fact that I believe that he's risen from the dead? Or am I living my life like I want to? I remember when I grew up, Easter was a big thing. It was a big celebration. It was a huge weekend. But Monday was another day. It was just an event. It has to be more than an event. I believe that God is calling me to be a disciple. And and that's a choice that we have to make. Um, Last Monday, I was painting my house. I was putting some some primer on the walls and I was listening to my Christian music. I was having a great time. I was painting painting to my speed. It was great. And then, a funny thought came in my mind. It was, uh, or funny, not really funny, but it just, a random thought came in. And I thought about this uh, community in northern Ontario. And, uh, and 17 years ago, I, I knew the pastor. I don't know if he's still pastors there. His name is Bob. And I thought about Bob and I said, oh, maybe God, you want me to pray for Bob. So I started to pray for Bob if he was still there and pray for the church. And then I have this little whisper in my heart, Claude, are you willing to go there? Would you be willing to go to that community? I'm painting my house. My first response is, no. No, I don't want to go. And then I have to put my roller down. And have this dialogue with God. God who am I to say no to you? Am I following you? Or, or are you just a benefit? Or are you the one that I'm committed to? And I, I had to, to, like, to think about it. I had to reflect on that. And... No, God is not calling me to go there, but he really checked my attitude. I, I remember in 05 when I moved here, I remember uh, I, I, I was accepted, accepted to be pastor, I believe in May of 05, and, and uh, December of '04, my mom died from cancer, and uh, my dad, well, was alone, and um, I lived a street away from my dad. And uh, so when my mom passed away, January and the other months, he would stop by every day at the church and I would have a time with him. And I remember when I told him, Dad, God is calling us to go out west. And I remember him, how he, re- he responded. I, I, I broke his heart. And he was so loving to let me go. And it was one of the most hard thing ever in my life as the only son, I fished with him, I did life with him, and to say to dad, you know, I've got to come here. I've got, I, God is calling us here. And I remember God asking that of me, and then like six, 17 years later, I'm rolling in my house, I'm painting, and God said, are you willing to go? And I said, no. You see, I can't say No. I can't just do my own life and pursue my own desires, my own goals. I, I, I've got to realize and, and take hold of the truth. Is what I believe, is it truthful? Is it real to me? It has to be real to me. It has to become real to me. Otherwise, it's just religion. It's, it's just something I do. It has to transfer me in the inside. It never stops. It is. It's, it's the walk of, of of the Christian. It's it's a life of surrender, and I know that life is hard, and I know there's a lot of challenges, and I know that life gets busy, and I know there's a lot of temptation, and one of the goals of the enemy is to throw you off course, it's to it's to preoccupy you that you would be busy and you would not catch the purpose of your existence and why you're here, and, and it's it's like. Yeah, we live in a broken world and there's hurts and injustice and it's not fair. Can't tell your neighbor, it's not fair. It's, it's never going to be fair. It's not about fairness, you know. I, I don't want to be caught in the, the business of life and, and, and lose focus and be distracted. Look what it says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but from the world. you got to make sure that we're not from the world. We are in the world. We're called to shine in the world, but we're not from the world. When you say yes to the fact that He is risen, because He is risen, I should align myself accordingly. It should influence my life. It should influence how I live. It's so huge because God hasn't called me to be part of the crowd. God hasn't called you to be part of the crowd. God has called you to be a disciple. So if Jesus would be here and he would say to you, follow me, love me more, what would I say? What would you say? Would you choose to follow him or you would just take a distance, right? Now look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is a text I read earlier. Paul is saying, let me, know, let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. Like, such a good news. Sometimes we think that if we say yes to Jesus, we'll miss out on other stuff. You'll miss out on other stuff, but you'll gain way more because whatever stuff or whatever will happen in your life will be God-given. And if it's God-given, it's going to be way better, right? And not only it's, doesn't just, it's not just for this time, but it's for eternity, I, gotta forget, I can't forget that, that we're living for eternity. He says, let me, know, I'll read it again. Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sister, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it, and you still stand firm in it. It is good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. So the first thing Paul says, first of all, when it comes to the good news, you got to receive it. you got to accept it. And you can't enter the kingdom of God if you don't receive or acknowledge what Jesus did on Calvary. He died for my sins. And and so the Corinthians, or who he's talking to, they welcomed it. They welcomed the good news. And if you're here, maybe maybe, maybe you're here and you've never welcomed it. Maybe you're watching online and you've never welcomed it. Welcome it. Say yes to this amazing grace where God loves you beyond, no strings attached, and there's a dot, there's no condition. He loves you, period. And from there, as you let His love come over you, it's gonna, it's gonna free you the inside. First, for sure, you've got to admit that you need help. But if you, and, and that, you're, that you need forgiveness of your sins, but the truth is, if you welcome Him, it's gonna change your life for the good. Secondly he says I need to stand firm in it. I need to remember I need to remember the resurrection. Uh, one of the things I used to do in the past a lot was hunting, moose hunting. And uh, if I would go in a, in a new region, I would go to a vantage point, highest place possible. To, the land, to, to see the landscape, right? So you go on a hill, and then you look, you can see all the creeks, you can see the swamps, you can see even the trails. It's pretty amazing, right? Because they, it's like cow trails, it's they follow the same trail. So then you see. okay, I know what I'm dealing with. So, so for us, the resurrection is this vantage point we know that he's coming back. We know that uh, we, we look at the landscape and, and we understand what God is up to. And his main mission is to bring salvation to all of humanity. And the, with, uh, with another story linked to that one, uh, at one point I went hunting and uh, my compass, uh, the needle came off its, uh, of, its, of its place and I caught myself being lost, was lost. was totally lost. And so I didn't know what to do. And uh, so the first thing that I, I knew I needed to do was to find the highest place. So I went up and I tried to find the highest place so I could have vin- vintage, vintage? vintage point. So I'm up there, I, I went to the point, and I, I looked and I, 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 from a long distance I saw these hydro lines. You know those that are up north, like the, those big hydro lines, it's like a road in the bush. So I see this, this hydro line, line, I was so excited. Ah. So then I had to go to that. It wasn't evident to go. Like, it's easy to see, but to get there, I had to cross creeks and deep bush, and and I had to stay focused, right? I want to get to that. I remember when I got to that, I was soaking wet, but I was so happy that I found my way. It's the same thing when it comes to life. Life is not easy. There's a lot of challenges, but I've got to be influenced by the resurrection. One day, there's going to be my resurrection and your resurrection, um, and there's going to be, uh, and Christ will come back. And this is what I'm living for. This is what I'm focusing on. And so I don't want to be distracted. I don't I want to be through off course. So, so how do I stand firm? I've, I've just got a, a few more minutes here. I've got to go to his word. I need to have interaction with God's word. If I don't have interaction with God, God's word, if, if I don't talk to God, with his word, when I let him talk to me and challenge things in my life, if I don't do that, I won't be able to stand firm. I'll be, I'll be caught by all kind of different things and different passions, and I'll be thrown off course. So I need, I need to go to God's word. Secondly, I need to experience his presence. I need to soak in his presence. I can't do life without being soaked in his presence. I need his presence. Thirdly, I need other, be, I need other godly influence in my life. I wasn't called to live on an island. And I know that COVID brought us online. And, and sometimes it's hard to come back to good habits of getting together. But we need each other. We need to do life together. We can't do life alone. And, and, and I believe when we do life alone, I, I, I don't think we, we can reach a maximum in what God has in store. Like uh, we need his word. We need his presence. And we need each other. And then Paul says, I need to continue it. I need to continue believing, and by my experience, how do I continue to believe in it is when my faith is activated. Listen to that. When my faith is not activated, I'll die. What does that mean, your faith activated? When I don't trust God in serving Him, when I don't take risks. Uh, When I I don't love on people, when I I live only for myself, when I don't serve, when I don't bless people, I'll die, you see? This, I believe, is how we're keeping it is when you see God work through you and the more God works through you, the more you have the proof that God is right with you and and when God is right with you is when you do good stuff and you bless other people, you see? Do we want to see that in our lives? So my prayer as I wrap up this message this morning is that I might come to a point where the resurrection influences me. For real. I was going to say for reals. Eh? It, will, it will influence me. I believe in it. it. should shape me. And this is why I challenge you to go home and, and to do like Jesus said. Calculate the cost. Calculate the cost of not being a disciple. And calculate the cost of being a disciple. I believe discipleship will win because Jesus is risen. If he wouldn't be risen, you would still have a good life following his principles. But he's risen for real. So how am I going to live? Will I be just part of the crowd? Just follow Jesus from a distance or will I be a disciple? My prayer is that you would choose... To be a disciple, you know the beauty with Jesus. He doesn't force anything. He doesn't twist my arm. He invites me. You know the rich run, run ruler that says, "I, I, Jesus, what can I do to have eternal life?" He says, "Jesus said, go and sell everything that you have." Jesus didn't go running after him after when he didn't. God gave us free will, and for you today, you can have a, a turnaround. I just pray that myself, it never stops. I would say, God, yeah, I want to be caught up with your kingdom. I want you to be my Lord. I want to be your disciple. So if I'm your disciple, then you're my master. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.